And nothing more exciting for us than to have the world's premier kosher wine sommelier in our studio. Nothing more exciting. That's right, folks. He is the one, the only, Jay Bookspam. I'm blushing. Boker Tov, sir. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. You remember Daniel Rogoff of Blessed Memory? I do. I do. So I, now I was he... actually a very good friend of mine. And, and even... Wait a second. He did not have the disposition to be a good friend of anybody. He was a very good friend of mine. <laughs> really? And I have to tell you he something. He came off as a really tough dude. I have to tell you something about him. Um, and, and this is to his tribute. Yeah. Uh, he was a completely secular human being. Correct. He had no religious affiliation, so to speak. Right. Or at least he said so. But when it came to his respect for those people that were observant, that were Dati, he was amazing. I, I, I would have lunch or dinner with him every single trip that I went, and he would say, Jay, don't worry, I got a super glot kosher place, that's where we're meeting, you know, and he could eat whatever he wanted to eat, and he was very respectful, and so, you know, I And for I those who him. don't remember, he was basically the world's authority on kosher wines. Yep. And uh, now that he's gone... Yeah. There are many, including some of the people I spoke to in Aritz, oh, no. who are demanding that someone like yourself step up and start recommending uh, across the board uh, kosher wines from around the world. And what I would call the Booksbaum Guide to Kosher Wine. That's what I would call it. Well, there's, there's a lot of good people, and there's a lot of good people writing a lot of dis- disparate uh, you know, articles. Um, but I think you're right. I think at some point, I'm not talking about myself, but uh, who knows? But uh, at some point, I think it's a good idea that you know somebody take the leadership role. And then before overall. we get to your first guest, who I know is in a rush because yeah. he's got he's got a big barbecue day. Whatever that means, I have no idea. But he'll explain maybe. But he didn't up. invite me. Right? Exactly. We're we're <laughs> shut out of the big barbecue day. It's unbelievable. But you invited him here nonetheless. Yeah. But before we get to our first guest, I just want to mention one thing. Yeah. Monday on Tuba of, I had the pleasure of being at the Psagot Winery. And that By the way, you know, two bubbles is my birthday. Oh, my gosh. Mazalta, we were drinking like crazy in your honor, you should know. <laughs> Sadie Hawkins Day for Jews. That's right. We were having an amazing day because of you. So anyway, um, no, we're not asking Jay how old he is. Someone's signaling to me to actually ask you how old you are. <laughs> Wouldn't do that to you. Anyway, uh, so we're at the Psygoat Winery, a show that everybody can hear and see at 11 o'clock this morning. JMNAM.org, NahumSiegel.com. And you, you would, Jay, how long do we know each other? What oh, is it, 25 years or so? At least. When you first met me, and you know this to be a fact, the only thing I would drink that would be, that would be called edgy would have been grape juice, right? <laughs> right. Maybe a beer once or twice a year. That was about it, right? And then you'd still wince. Right, exactly. <laughs> but we know each other a long time, Sir Booksbaum, don't yes, we? Yes, we do. And since then, Thank you've God. seen, you've seen a gradual progression. Yeah. You remember my black muscat era? That was a good era. That remember that good. era? That was good. You have to admit, my recent orange muscat era has been fabulous. Amazing. Great. I mean, Leo's going nuts about the orange <laughs> muscat over in Teaneck, New Jersey, right? I mean, right. a lot of people are... Ar- Lipa. Lipa, right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I forgot you're from Williamsburg. So I, I get, But I will tell you now that he is going to get a... Uh, some unusual, what will be, what will seem to him unusual, some unusual orders of Israeli wine from the Siegel family. Because really? we had... You know, sometimes you just sit at a winery, in a tasting room, and you relax, and you take direction from the uh, from the winemaker, which we did this past Monday. Right. And you just, you know, enjoy it and savor it and try to understand what is so great about it. At some point, it just seeps in. At some point, you 
You start to hop, as they say in the Yeshiva Shavel. You're not telling me you're actually drinking dry wine, are you? I, well, I chase, tasted a bunch of dry wines. Wow. What's that wine they got that has the four wines in one, you know? This is how a novice, uh, this is how a novice <laughs> describes it. You know, four blends in one. You know the whole routine, Jay, don't you? Yeah. Aren't there, there's one like that, right? <laughs> yes, there so is. So that was a good one. That was one that I enjoyed. Okay. Good. Anyway, when you see it. Let me know what you think. I got it. I well, think you'll be floored. I'm excited. Yeah, I think you'll be floored when you see how I reacted to it. But anyway, before we go... Well, I think the... it's a great tribute to you that you went and you did it on during the whole conflict. I Thank mean, you very amazing... much. You know, it's in the Binyamin region, in the Shamron. Exactly. You know that. I mean, it wasn't... It's not a... There are people who hesitate to go there. <laughs> people? Yeah. Like, like the I know, I know you rent the tank every time you drive there. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway... Just take a well-armed... Uh, escort? Escort. Is that how you do it? Oh, yeah. You're kidding, of course. It's, yes, it's one of the most amazing. By the way, actually, it's an easy ride. It's, it's a very really easy, easy ride, ride from Jerusalem. And do you know? Did you see how much construction is going on around there? How amazing the cities are expanding and the hilltops are growing. It really is incredible. Why did you bring my old friend Elliot Rosenfeld? So I was inspired. who we know. Let me finish the intro. Who we know from the <laughs> Jerusalem restaurant on Elmora Avenue in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Why, in the context of discussing the situation in Israel and its effect on retailers, would you bring Elliot Rosenfeld into our studio? So I walk into the pizza shop, and I see these plastic tubs that, you know, usually you put the pickles in, you know, right. and I see these plastic tubs all over, and it, it, usually those are, have a little sign that says, Tips here, right? right? But this one didn't say Tips here. This said, Send a pizza to a chayal. And I'm thinking, what the heck is that about? From Elizabeth? Yeah. So I had to deliver it. So I thought maybe, I don't know, the FedExing from right. here, you know? There's an idea. And then I, I, Elliot happened to have been there. And I said, I, I, of course, I put a buck in. I said, I figured to myself, okay, how's, how's he making money out of this one? You know? <laughs> Very good. And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, it's just to promote the store. This right. way he could sell more pizza. Right. And I was absolutely floored by what he told me. All right. And so I'm going to let Elliot tell you. Elliot, good morning me. to you, sir. Good morning. It's been many years that you've been visiting us here at JM in the AM, but I've never seen such an enthusiastic Jay Booksbaum about this project that you started. Tell us about this whole thing, how it began. Well, about when the war started, um, my son, oldest son Gabe, came home from his day off from camp and decided to take my credit card and get a list of all the pizza stores in the south of Israel, which were being bombarded with rockets. And we're calling them and saying, here, take $25, $50 here, there, and uh, send pizza to the Chayalim. Right. Of course, I thought he was out of his mind, you know. <laughs> here, here we go. He's taking all my money once again and, you know. Distributing it to the southern part of Israel. Right. <laughs> and then it got me thinking, yes, it's a great thing to give these pizzas to the Chayalim, keep them happy. They're supporting, they're uh, protecting our country. But what about these pizza stores in the south? How were they surviving? That I thought to myself, if I had rockets being bombarded in the town of Elizabeth, how would I survive? I'd be out of business. So listen, now I, I'm a pizza store. Pizza stores in the south of Israel. I need to help them out. And I had this app on my iPhone. I'm sure a lot of people had the yeah, same app. The Red Show, Alert. Red Alert. And I decided, okay, I'm going to call. And I've decided to call the pizza store in Ashkelon, Pizza Italiano. And we remind our listeners that Ashkelon appears on that app quite, very often more than any other city. Right. And I, the guy answered the phone, and I told him, listen, I'm calling from America. I'd like to give you some money to please send some pizzas to um, and give it to Chayalim. He thanked me. I asked him what his name was. 
And that was the end. Didn't know how much I'm going to get out of this. I did it myself. And that's when I decided to put these little pickle jars around the store. And lo and behold, people kept on coming in and giving money. Well, it became an every other day event that I was calling up this pizza store. Meaning you had a payment for them every other day. Every other day. In Ashkelon. In Ashkelon. Now, Golan, his wife, Moran, (laughs) his kids have become my best friends. (laughs) (laughs) This is great. And two interesting stories, what happened. The beginning of the war, I'm sitting in my store about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. A group of eight girls walk in, eight Israeli girls. And I just, the day before, uh, called up Golan, and I gave him some money to distribute the pizzas. And I'm talking to these girls, and I said, where are you from? Two girls said they were from Ashkelon. I said, what are you guys doing here? One girl's father was just called into Miluim and was actually going into Gaza. And there was this organization that brought these eight girls here to get them away from thinking about all what was going on there. And she said, I said, do you know this pizza store, Italiano in Ashkelon? She goes, yeah, I just was just there yesterday. He was distributing pizzas to the Chayalim. <laughs> I said, I can't believe it. God sends you an eyewitness. <laughs> so, of course, there I am, taking the picture with these two girls, <laughs> sending it back to Golan. Oh, my gosh. I feel like, you know, I feel like I'm living in Ashkelon right now. <laughs> <laughs> and they want you to come visit, don't they? Absolutely. He, he even said to me, Golan, he goes, you know, I want to come to the States. I haven't been here. Can you get me a place to stay? Sure. Come to my house. Yeah, exactly. Come with your whole family. It's okay. You know, you have to you have to understand what's the dynamic here. What the dynamic here is that not only are the Chayalim getting the pizza, but the pizza shop whose local community is not coming to them because they're afraid and because of the rockets, okay? So his store is empty. Now now these Chayalim walk in, and they actually are getting pizza that's already paid for. Right. So it's like... It, it's like it serves so many great purposes. Talk about I, a win-win I situation. I think it would be a great idea if uh, it would be expanded uh, across the country. Well, well, listen, obviously, a shout-out and a call-a-cavo to the entire Elizabeth Hillside community because they've, come, know, through, they've huh? come through tremendously. I even had one customer of mine who went to his place of business and went to all his co-workers. And he came in one day and he, he handed me $450. Wow. Wow. So there you go. A, a shout out to Elizabeth and thank you, Elliot. And uh, and anybody wants to move to Elizabeth, there's some great houses now. Ooh, I'm not kidding. You're still pushing the neighborhood, huh? Well, uh, you know, it's starting to get a little bit filled up. So you know, you better move fast. All right. And Jay will have that screwdriver after eight o'clock at night for you. Um, how do people help out if they want to contact you and they're not running through the Elmora Avenue section of town? They want to contact you from around the world. What's the best way to do so? Well, they can actually call the store directly. Nine zero eight. Two eight nine zero two nine one, and uh, make whatever contribution. Clearly, one hundred percent of the contribution is being sent directly to the pizza store to the I, main pizzeria in Ashkelon. Correct. I've, Simple as that. I've never been there, Metzeshem. <laughs> I will be there soon. Nine zero eight two eight nine. 0291. You can uh, call that number, make any donation you want, and help out in this unique way. The Chayalim benefit, a pizza shop in Ashkelon benefits, and I'm sure the camaraderie and the spirit of the community goes up when they know that people from thousands of miles away are helping out. Elliot, anything else you want to tell us? Or, uh, nope. That, that just about covers it, huh? Yes. Kolakavod to you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. A great uh, a great message for everybody. Do what you can in whatever, in whatever uh, industry you may be in to help out people in Israel at this time. 
Uh, Jay, you uh, you told us you'd be bringing somebody with you today who can address this issue of what it's like for both wholesale and retail establishments in Israel during a war. Uh, the ripple effect, and the ripple effect is mammoth. I mean, I saw this just traveling through Israel. The ripple effect is mammoth. It's incredible how many people uh, and, and how many industries are affected by a week's long war. This was right. not, you know, this was not months. It was weeks. So uh, to and, that, and you know what? It's still going on, and they're still getting the, uh, uh, you know, the app is still unfortunately, right. you know, hitting every day. And we're wondering if the ceasefire, even during the ceasefire, it's, right? It we're wondering if the ceasefire holds or doesn't hold. Introduce your sp- our special guest, okay, please. So we have with us today. Um, move, that Yair. Away, move that away from you, a drop. We there have you go, we have Yair Thank from uh, Domain Natofa. Yair is the owner uh, and general manager. And uh, I have to tell you, one of the reasons uh, he's in town, but I was talking to Gilad Flam from Flam Winery. I was talking to uh, um, Shmulek Boxer from uh, uh, Barkan Winery. And, of course, you can tell us about your experiences there. But we also do a lot of food business. Right. And, I, I, and, and you cannot imagine the impact that these businesses – now, of course – there's nothing worse. I don't want to take any horribly sure, of course. away from the horrible. We know it's not the worst that could be, but we know that uh, oh my it's gosh, it, difficult it, for everybody. It's really difficult. And so Yair is going to tell us a little bit about his perspective uh, and what's going on there from a winery's point of view. Yeah, Yair Sharon's Natofa. What do we call it? We call it what Natofa? Natofa. But is that, Dom- is that domain? Natofa Winery. Natofa Say it again, Natofa Winery. Simple yes. as that. Um, and, and is this a brand that the American kosher wine drinkers are going to be hearing now more and more? Yes, and, and actually we just met with uh, Robert Parker's uh, writer for this. Robert Parker is one of the most, yeah. you know, he wine, knows his stuff, non-kosher he? wine right. guy, but does Israeli wines. And he was like amazed at the fact that Natofa's focus is, interestingly enough, and this is not a bad segue kind of thing, but Natofa's focus is Israel makes special wine in its own special way, unlike Cabernet that can be made anywhere, Chardonnay that can be made anywhere. If you make it in Israel, it's got to be from certain grapes out of this terroir. But that's we're here to talk about more about the uh, economic Well, we'll certainly talk about both. Yeah, here, good morning again. Um, so it seems to me, because Israel now has how many wineries? We're in the 20s, 30s, 40s, <laughs> no, 50s, hundreds, 60s. Hundreds? hundreds we're 300s. In the hundreds. You're, yeah. you're, you're reaching m- towards 300. There might yeah. be 300 wineries in Israel already? Yes. And 20 years ago, were there 10? Maybe. Maybe 10, right? Yeah. It's unbelievable how this industry is taking off. Uh, 2,000 years ago, <laughs> you had more than 300. All right, that I can imagine. Everybody but, made one in the backyard. Almost. Must have been quite an era. Was there big that. distribution to the United States at that time? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but I can, tell you that around the village, I, I can tell you that around the village where I grew, we have between 30 to 40 places that you used to make wines 2,000 years ago, right. and it's, it was like an industrial area for making wines. Right. So you can imagine. It was That's a at Natova. Big indu- yeah, it's a big industrial, it was a big industrial thing. And you know the times during the years, the Muslims, they took right. out all the vines. So, uh, and, and this is near, and Jay said to me off the air, this is near Tzfat, just for people, because a yeah. lot of people don't Relatively know the map. Between Tzfat and Tiberias. It's between Tzfat and Tiberias, okay. So I, the, basically the west coast of the Kinneret. Basically. Right? Basically somewhere in that area. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Exactly. So, so when I was, when we were doing this whole thing on wine in Israel, and we'll talk about the economy in a minute, when we were doing this whole thing on wine in Israel, it seemed like every winery has its own wine personality. Hmm. That There may be 300 in Israel, but each one is either because of the grapes or because of their unique process, 
they have a certain identity. Would that be an accurate way of putting it? I think so. It's an accurate point for each winery. It doesn't have to be the varieties that they grow. Right. It can be the, the persons that work over there. And or their touch. Yeah, the touch of the people, right. whatever. But each winery and each business should have something like this. And it's really easy to see it in wineries. So what is, I agree with you. So what is the signature of Natofa? So what in, is the uh, In what Natofa, is the I believe we can put two main signatures in front. The first one is the varieties that we are using, as Jay, as Jay mentioned before. We're using varieties that we believe will suit and are suiting already the terroir of Israel, the land of Israel. So it's Mediterranean varietals. It's not the normal ones. We don't have Merlot, we don't have right. Cabernet, we don't have these things because we don't believe that for our area they are the most right. suitable uh, varieties. That's the first thing. And the second thing is the people behind the winery. So we have, for an example, Pierre Miodovnik. That's the winemaker. He started making wines maybe almost... 35 years ago for the biggest in the early years. Yeah, may, yeah, maybe Jake can tell you a little bit about it. In, in 82. Right. In, in 83. 82. In France, the biggest, you know, kosher wines. There, there weren't any kosher wines, like big right. wines before that. And he was the first one to start making it, still making it up to these days. So do we call this a boutique winery? Would that be accurate? It's, Absolutely. It's, it's big enough for boutique and not too big. It could stay in the category right. of boutique. Still, it's still so in the it's a boutique, boutique winery. I, I, one thing I did learn, you don't need a major staff to carry this out, right? You have, I don't know, tens of people, I guess, right? Would that be accurate? Like Less than tens. Even people, less. Yeah. Even less than tens of people to, that, to carry on an effective boutique winery. Half a dozen people. Right. That, yeah. that might be it. That's, that yeah. would be all you need. And what is the wine? In other words, every boutique winery in Israel has the wine, the bottle that has elevated them to the status of boutique, that has gotten them a certain reputation, that has demanded that people like Jay come, meet with you, and, and get it to the U.S. Which What is the bottle? What is an Atofa bottle that has done that for you? As we are relatively new, I won't say that we already have the <laughs> bottle of wine because we are working on it and it's growing every year. We are getting better and better results from the vineyards. We are growing our own vineyards by ourselves and that's another story that we can talk later on about, not as other right. wineries in Israel. I think the Latour Netofa, that's the, the first big wine that got How would attention. you spell that? How would you, uh, how would you L-A-T-O-U-R. Simple as that, Latour. Right. Yeah. Latour Netofa would be the wine, and I always ask you this question, available in the United States? Yes. It is yes. available. Yes. So people can go and explore and see this brand new, uh, for them what might be a well, brand it's, new it's bottle. It's pretty brand new for everybody. Oh. It's only two yeah. years here, so and Latour is only here a year. Yeah. Now, the wine industry, it's all about timing, right? Something we've discussed a million times. First of all, biblically, you got the whole Shemitah thing, right? Yeah. We could talk about that for hours, I'm sure, but we're not going to do that this morning. Then... As all the store owners, hoteliers, cab drivers, and you know shopkeepers said to me, it's August. It's August now. And we need American Jews to come and visit now. It's our biggest tourist season, and they're abandoning us. In your case, you're getting very close to the harvest, right? This is very close to the we harvest We already season. finished our harvest. Oh, you did finish harvest. the harvest. Yes, for us. But nonetheless, a war or something that would preoccupy you know, the majority of people in Israel could be very detrimental to your operation, right? We can look on two sides of it for the effect. Uh, the first side is making the wine. So if in a certain day the winemaker comes, we taste the wines, right. every, the grapes every day, and we decide that we need to harvest the next day, or maybe within the next two days. That could be it. as quickly ready. as that. Yeah, because it's ready now. And you don't have the people. You don't have the manager because he's doing reserve, right. and you don't have the employees because they're doing reserve, or right. maybe the w- if girl if it's a girl, so her husband is right. doing reserve. So you don't have the right people to do it as normally. 
But thanks God, we have a lot of good people around us. And for an example, for one day that we didn't have the right stuff, so we called all the teenagers in the villages around us, and we've got like 50, 60 guys a coming great, in. That's a great story. Four o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, 14 years old, little guys. It's it's a hard work. It's not an easy job. We have a, a, just a window of time to make it happen because we cannot stay until later than nine, ten o'clock in the morning because it starts being hot, right. and we don't want it for the grapes. So we had these guys, they came in, everyone was so happy and tried to help as much as possible. And we had, you know, it, that was one of the happiest days in the business because it was fun. It was what were fun. they doing? They were picking, they were boxing, what were they doing? They were picking, they were picking the grapes. That's you, it's how, do you, how do you teach it to them in 10 minutes? You're basically <laughs> teaching them in 10 minutes how to I have to grapes. tell you, picking the grape, it's not a hard job to do. But it's it's not a hard job to know how to do, but it's a hard job to do it for five Physi hours. Yeah, right. It's physical. Maybe for half an hour, it's a great fun. <laughs> for an hour, it's a great exercise. Right. For five hours, that's a labor. And that's, you need them skill. to get as much done as possible, obviously. We have to finish certain plots because right. if they're ready, they're ready. You don't want to wait. You don't want to wait another day. You don't want to wait another week. You know what's so remarkable? I don't know what would happen in this country if, if people here were under war conditions, but... And I saw this so just from the short visit. I saw this so much. The volunteer effort. People just you know. I mean, we met people who took off three weeks from work just to help with the soldiers in you know with activities that they weren't required to do, just to be there this and go amazing. the extra mile. These this is amazing what you see in Israel these times. Sometimes you are a little bit sad that it's only when it's hard. Right. It should be always. Of course. But these times, everyone is unite. Whatever you hear, whatever you know, small voices that you hear from the sides. The majority, and I'm talking like 95% of the people in Israel, are united to get together and to make it happen and to make it good. Right. And you said the kids on. came from areas around... Around the village, the, around so Netofa. Would we have heard of any of the places where they're from? Like, is there any... Or these are really small towns? Small villages, you know, <laughs> small villages. 100, 150 families, maybe from Tiberias, right. some, some guys, but from the area. We just, you know, we posted the day before. We said, guys, we need people for tomorrow. Can you help us? And that's it. And if they wouldn't have shown up... God forbid, it could have had a tremendous financial effect on the entire operation. You know, on, on, as Jay said before, when we look on the finance, we say, okay, that's the least of the problem. I understand, but and still. Yeah, it could have. You're trying to run a business, you can and never your know. example is being replicated in so many other places. You can never know. We say, Yeshuat Hashem fine. You can never know what can happen the next day. But yes, if you want to follow a certain track, Yes, it's very, very important to stand on times, and the effect can be uh, uh, big. That's one side of it. Right, the, other the, side, the other side is, you know, selling wines. Now, it's not just about selling the wine. It's about the, the general atmosphere that you have during a war. If my brother is doing reserve, with all due respect, I'm not going to celebrate tonight in a right, restaurant. That's true. I'm not going to buy pizza, right. as, as, uh, uh, as we talked about right. before. And I'm not going to, I'm not going I may not to be a in hotel the for a weekend. If right. I have a weekend in a hotel, I'm going to cancel it. Right. I, I, I don't feel like. I don't want to go out of my home. I don't want to order food. I will make something small. And I'll stay back home. And you know, most people like this, it's not because we're sad. It's because you said... The, something is happening here. You cannot deny it's it. It's inappropriate. Yeah. I'm not going to... Uh, I'm not going to celebrate. Right. I'm not going to open a good bottle of Netofa wines. I'm not okay. going to go to a restaurant where you would typically drink a bottle of wine. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's really affecting. And yet you see people that are really trying to make it better. And there's beautiful stories all around the country. As you said, for an example, they do like uh, uh, markets for for wineries from the south. Right. So they, they gather together maybe eight wineries from the south, and they open the big market in Tel Aviv for one evening, 
and just to in buy Jaffa, their wine. in Jaffa, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was amazing, and they sold many wines. You know, they had maybe I don't know, 1,000 people came in just to buy wines, just to support these wineries, to help them in this time. Give me one second. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, around the world in the web, jmdm.org. Jay Booksbaum, world's number one kosher wine sommelier, is in our studio. Yair Tebu? Exactly. Yair Tebu is here from the northern part of Israel. Natofa Wines is his responsibility. They're a small boutique winery that continues to grow. I know this is not your area. Maybe Jay could do this more, but you just mentioned the south of Israel. So the south of Israel has climate and conditions where you could actually have a winery. Well, I have to tell you that uh, even Yatir Forest, as an example, where uh, Yatir comes from, uh, and even the Hari Yehuda, the Judean Hills, right. which is considered kind of the south, I guess. Yeah, but it seems cooler in the Hari Yehuda. But, but that's my point. Even in Yatir Forest, even in the desert, at night, <laughs> the temperatures get down to 40s and 50s. I don't know and, what it is. And by one centigrade. of the important things are the difference of the temperature between the day and the night. And uh, so they get really, really ripe during the day, but they don't harvest anything during the day. Just like Yair was explaining... All the harvesting is done. The grapes come in literally like they're refrigerated because they, they, they come in before dawn. I mean, they literally come into the wineries before dawn. So that's how they're able to accomplish a lot of what, uh, of what exactly. a lot of good wineries can with great grapes, it's even from those areas. Not just good, very special as well. Yeah. On Yair's point, and I know we've done this a million times, but this is the time to do it. People should be buying Israeli wines now. I mean, this we is have, like... I, I have to tell you, you know, Elliot is doing his thing. Uh, you described a, a wonderful promotion that they did in Israel amongst right. the locals. There is now out there a $24 rebate. I have to... I have this, to in, in our market? Right, yeah. in our market. There's a $24 rebate. Now, when you go to any kind of rebate, usually you get the check, right? right? Correct. But instead, a group of wineries have gotten together under the Israel Wine Producers Association. They've all come together, and you can go into a store, and if you buy any case of assorted wines from them, a $24 check goes to... David uh, DMA. Mugin David Adam. So instead of you getting the check, and then that check that goes to, to MDA, there's a letter that goes to you that says, thank you for your donation and thank you for supporting Israeli wineries. So any mixed or otherwise case of Israeli wine in what? Any major... Any, any major retailer that you know carries a decent selection will have this. They will have that. They'll have these posters and they'll have these little tear-offs. You write your name and address on the back. You, and, and it's not just the twenty-four bucks to MDA. You're also buy, exactly. buying twelve bottles of Israeli wine, exactly. Exactly. which so is can. so important at this so time. So I think before, especially now before Yontif, when a lot of people right. are going to buy a lot of wines. Now's the time to, to do this. And You're going to get in trouble with the New York and California people? You'll be all right. No, New York and California okay people are, are fine with it, too. And By the way, if Yair is doing harvest in July, no. New York and California are doing it, what, in September? When are you? When is the, it? it goes from uh, late mid-August to late September. Because there'd be no way for him to wait till the end of the summer, right? That would be right. impossible. That's right. But well, in our weather, much hotter. Right. But in our weather conditions, yeah. it makes I mean, obviously, it makes yeah. sense. I'm just saying that that would be the right time of year to do it. Although our particular grapes that on some years go as late as September. Because even in Israel? Well, in Israel, yeah. Even yeah. In Israel. What we said in the beginning, that the, some, varieties, that we, right. the varieties that we grow for Netofa are special varieties, and the way that we make the wine is a little bit you know, old world, traditional. We have to harvest them soon. We don't want right. early. We don't need a lot of sugar in it. 
The earlier, the drier, right? That's always the thing. Am I right? Or is that is that no, wrong? No, 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 not necessarily. I was totally wrong on that. Not, well, not totally wrong, but there <laughs> is some correlation. <laughs> it's very simple to, to explain it simply. The higher the sugar level, right. the higher the alcohol level. So the more time you take till you harvest it, the higher the sugar level. Exactly. Be. Now, usually, what that means is that if if a, a winery like Natofa vinifies their wine, they'll they'll vinify all the sugar out so you'll have a much higher alcohol level. Sometimes what they do, some wineries will stop the fermentation before all the sugar has been eaten by the yeast and so you will have let's say 12, 13% alcohol but then you'll have 1 to 3% let's say residual sugar left that's natural from the original grapes. Um, but so there is, there can be some correlation, but that doesn't necessarily have to be. In Yair's case and in their wine's case, they try to harvest their grapes at a point where the balance of alcohol is correct. Alcohol and, and acidity. And acidity is correct. So it's not so alcoholic. It's not so. And when it's not harvest season, there's plenty to do in a winery, right? Almost he, always. There's always something that needs to be done. Except from Shabbos. There's right. always something. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> but aside from that, there's always something that needs to be done yeah. all year round. Very interesting, I'll tell you. And one of the things about these wineries, and we should keep this in mind as well, it's obvious that at uh, certain points during the year, there, the, the number of staff members goes up. I mean, it's obvious. I mean, you're importing 40 volunteers. I assume that would have been staff, maybe a combination of staff and volunteers that would have been doing that job. You know, while, So you always have the core, the staff that, right. that works for you all year round. And around them, you have some people that that helps. The part-timers. Yeah, part-timers, part-time of the year that we need them. If it's for the harvest, if it's for cutting the, right. the vines. Um, many things. By the way, a very nice thing that comes now is the, the Shemitah year. I don't right. know if it's... A, That's starting soon and... Yeah. How, do we, how do we adjust to that? <laughs> so first, if you want to keep Shemitah, there's few things that you can or can't do with the with the vines. It starts with the with the vineyards. Right. And so we're gonna do a lot of works before Rosh Hashanah, and that's another thing now because one will think that once you finished with the harvest, you can rest a little bit I in the know, vineyards. Now you can't rest. This year, it's, it's right. totally the opposite way because we have to do few things now before Rosh Hashanah. Right. So we are in, in a great rush. So every day we have a lot of work doing uh, over there. And during the year, we're going to have a lot of festives and nice things uh, uh, during the Shemitah year all over Israel. Maybe, maybe we'll Jake do a Shemitah can, thing. Yeah, yeah we got to. Yeah. Maybe we can bring, you know, maybe we can bring another uh, people to talk. Boy, oh boy. And, and, and again, there'll be ways for people, obviously they're not as active during Shemitah. There'll be ways for people to support Israeli uh, vineyards during that time as well. I have to tell you before, one of the things that and when I when I told you about this idea about talking about the economic impact, one of the things that caught my attention was Chaim Herzog, that's Yoichi's son, right. who's now working in the industry, right. was going to go to Israel. And then three days into the heavy bombardment, he decided to cancel the trip. Right. And when he called the his objective was to see the food people. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he was going for business only. And when he called him to tell them that he was canceling the trip, they said, oh, good, I'm glad you canceled. And he looked at, you know, he looked like quizzically, why? And they said, because half of the factories that you wanted to visit, the management is not there, the factories are shut down, you know, it's... There's no production. You won't even be able to do what you wanted to do. So it's not like we're angry at you, on the contrary, which shows you how how great an impact this really has. And uh, I was talking to Gilad Flam. Great winery, great people, wonderful human being, and he told me that not only his his big businesses, restaurants, you know, they they carry lots of his lots of restaurants carry his wines, but his his big problem was just collecting money from older 
Because why? Because the restaurants are not doing any business, so they have no cash flow. So you know, how are they going to pay those invoices? I was talking to Chaim Snow. Right. I saw Chaim yesterday morning, Tuesday morning. So Chaim Snow was telling me that this time of year, he does a lot right. of bar mitzvahs of and bar mitzvahs. The videos and everything. Of videos course. and everything. Now and people are canceling the events. People are canceling the events. He's not following them around with his video yeah. camera. He's got to eat too, you know. He's got to pay his and he's got mortgage, staff. his staff, his whatever. So it's really uh, people. Don't, we could sit here all day with the ripple effect of this war, and hopefully, I mean, we had some suggestions earlier. Hopefully, uh, people will respond, and we'll. I, I understand canceling trips, the business trips, and all that, and no tainas on the Herzogs. They're in Israel four hundred times a year, yeah. but the North American Jews, as I've been saying, they are everybody, all of us. Have to step it up and keep the trips on the calendar, especially now at the end of August. If you have one scheduled, try your hardest. Ceasefire is continuing, it looks like, through the weekend at least. Get it to Israel as soon as you can. And uh, certainly for Sukkot to get yeah. there and to, uh, and to uh, show solidarity and spend a lot of money. Another thing that can be Israel. done, another thing that can be done for the people who come to Israel to visit us from North America. It will be very, very helpful to have them going all around visiting us as you did. Right. Perhaps about visiting right. in the businesses because there's a lot of businesses. Would they be able usually... to see something in the top? Yeah. Right. We have a beautiful wine room. I think every, every wine room, every business will welcome any right. visitors now that will come. Yeah, that's true. And during this time, it will be great helpful coming visit us in Jay, the Jay, if we do the November trip, are we going to, to Natofa? Sure. Are we going to have time? We'll make time. It's a long journey from Jerusalem. It, it's a, <laughs> you can make it. <laughs> All right. So, because you know how it is when I step into a wine room, Jay. Yeah. Now, you know what happens. Now you're the expert. All of a sudden, I'm a, All of a sudden, I, I'm a sommelier. A connoisseur. It's I mean, amazing. It's I'm a sommelier, right? <laughs> it's incredible. A fine schmecker, as what, they used as, to say. As Jay Booksfab likes to say. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what else do you want to add? Anything else you want to tell us today in uh, terms of the um, buying Israeli? Uh, that is the message today, folks. It's very simple. Tomorrow's Friday, you know, right? Yeah, you, yeah, you Buy was, some Israeli wines for Shabbos, what, please. What, what is that? Uh, what is that acronym that they use in the MDA? Uh, the, 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 that uh, uh, the Protestants and a lot of the uh, left wing have talked about uh, not, you know, not buying Israeli oh, BDS? products. BDS, yeah. Yeah, BDS, boycotting, boycott, divestment, and uh, sanctions. All right. So you think about it. Yair made a very good point to me over coffee around the corner this morning. He said, "Think about it. Even in Gaza, one of the biggest problems is is that there's not an economic base. Right. People are not happy. They're not living an economically pleasant life. And you know, this BDS is contrary to everything that makes sense, even from the point of view of peace. Correct. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. So the more we're able to, you know, and and then if you if you if you take it, which is where we're really interested in more than anything else, the Israeli side, you know, if people are not going to be able to make a living, it, it, it's just going to it's just going to make the whole situation worse, not only from an economic point of view, but also from a peace and 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 I hundred percent agree. I think the 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 fact that almost eighty thousand people went on reserve, and you need to understand that people who are going for reserve, these are not these are people who's got. Good jobs. These are people right. who manage factories, food factories, as you mentioned, Jay. They, 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 they work. They give their time to the country because they believe in that. So they are people with the uh, standards and they stay. And if the, the economic will be, will get worse and worse in Israel, then we also going to have problems that, that will go there because they won't be able to go to do reserve. They, they right. won't be able to, to put their time and help the country when it needs them. No question. Yeah, a pleasure meeting you. Thank you very much for the time. I look forward to seeing you in the Tofa. 
looking for uh, near Tzfat in the uh, in the wonderful boutique winery of yours. Uh, Jay Booksbaum, the message is very simple. There are a lot of things we discussed this morning. And I think it was enlightening for a lot of people. But the message really is very simple. Buy Israeli wines right now. This is a good time to do it. You mentioned Rosh Hashanah is coming up. Cases of wines are going to be purchased. Retailers have the uh, MDA uh, the MDA rebate rebate They've got up that. to twenty four dollars for a case. Even, so and even that. if you want to buy a bottle or two, you can it, two or you know two dollars goes for every bottle. So oh, so yeah. it's not just cases. It's not just cases, right? All right, so everyone should check that out. And uh, finally, Jay, I invite you. It'll be on my homepage a little later on this morning, and it'll be on audio at 11 o'clock on our stream. I invite you to pay careful attention to my visit to the Pisago Winery. <laughs> I think you'll enjoy it. I'm, you'll I'm say, wow, finally, after 20 years, I taught this guy something. I'm looking forward finally. to it. Finally. Mm-hmm. How forward. did it take this long, Jay, I'd like to know? I'm looking forward to You'd it. think such a great teacher like yourself and such a great student like me, you'd think it would have taken a shorter amount of time. <laughs> How did it take so long? The, best, like things, the best things are difficult. <laughs> I guess you're right. Uh, my thanks to Jay Booksbaum. He's the number one kosher wine sommelier on the globe and uh, brought us a very important topic today with one very important message. Keep supporting the people of Israel. An amazing way to do so, as we say all the time, is through the purchase of Israeli wines. More coming up. Keep it here at 91.1 FM. 90.1 FM in the Catskills. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web. jmnam.org.